Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Happy Monday, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order of Built Bars. Uh, Matt, we are talking offensive breakout players, second year breakout players specifically for the 2020 season. So the 2019 draft picks tomorrow on Tuesday's show, we will talk defensive breakout players before we get to those breakout players, Matt, a little uh, nugget dropped. It's a great story. I love this and it'll lead right into our conversation about some second year quarterbacks. Uh, Hackenberg was a player with all the talent in the world. Christian Hackenberg is in the news and uh, he was expected to be a breakout player in the NFL. It never happened for him, but he said, quote, I've had my trials and tribulations in the NFL. I'm sitting here at 25. I feel I have a lot left in the tank, but Matt Christian Hackenberg does not have football left in his tank. He thinks he has baseball left in his tank and he wants to go become a a baseball pitcher. What do you think? I can't wait for that future at bat of Christian Hackenberg <laughs> pitching to Tim Tebow. Not exactly Jordan going to the minor leagues, uh, MJ, I mean, or or even Tebow from a a you know popularity uh, celebrity <laughs> standpoint. But the whole football thing isn't working out for you, Christian, and kind of a heavy-footed guy, not a quick processor, not a real you know. Uh, not really good at the game, really. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of the prototype of big, looks apart, you know, all American kid with a big arm, but isn't good at the position. You know, it's it's he's fun to look at and think he you know, all the tools are there, but they really aren't. I mean, there are just not that many besides what he looks like walking in the room and the way he throws the football. The rest of the quarterbacking skills aren't there, so maybe he has a makeup to be a pitcher. Best of luck. You know, throwing a baseball is almost like running the 40 time where you have to have the perfect start and the perfect finish. And it's from your toes to your nose. As they say, you use every part all the way through your fingertips of throwing a baseball. And it's all about the mechanics of throwing the ball and repeating those mechanics. And he obviously looks the part of an NFL quarterback. And a lot of times major leaguers are major league teams are looking for pitchers to be a, a same body type that. NFL teams are looking for with quarterbacks. So he fits there. He's got a cannon of an arm. Uh, I don't know. Why not give it a shot? He's got just as good of a shot, I think, to to be making an impact on an, in a major league baseball game than he does an NFL football game at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, it's a nice story. It's probably more like desperate times for, de- you know, desperate measures for desperate times. But, yeah. oh, well, you know, he was not a quarterback. Yeah, why I, not? Go, go have some fun. And it's it's a it's a little bit of a testament though. Like I remember after his freshman first year starting at Penn State, I think it was a true freshman, maybe he's a red shirt freshman, but he was a very young starter. And you saw everywhere, wow, two years from now, Hackenberg's gonna be the first pick overall. You know, like yeah. things change. Yeah, things absolutely do change. <laughs> and uh, another guy who could have taken the baseball path. And who chose the NFL path? I guess we can start our second year breakout offensive players. We've got to start with the number one pick in the draft from 2019 and Kyler Murray. And he flashed all of the ability in year one. Uh, and it's obviously an easy pick and the most obvious pick out of the second year offensive players. But Kyler Murray, quarterback, Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, the weapons he has now adding DeAndre Hopkins as a number one receiver. He's already got a Hall of Famer and Larry Fitzgerald, some speed on offense. Uh, he's a slam dunk guy to have a breakout year in year two of his career, right? I'm a huge fan. I mean, I absolutely am. 
I have a list here of my favorite breakouts, and I didn't list any quarterbacks on purpose because I figured we'd just kind of touch on all the, you know, the major star or, you know, the starter type guys in their second season. Um, but obviously, he's the one I would take above all others. I think his situation is highly favorable to his skill set. My only concern isn't if he's going to be successful or not. I just think that people are looking at him like, Two years ago, yo, two years ago we got Mahomes. Last year we got Lamar. <laughs> this year we'll get Kyler. Like, I don't know these to be the MVP. Yeah, that's a great point because that's gonna get heaped on him because that's kind of right. what people are expecting, and we're kind of used to it. Oh, hey, year two, this guy's gonna be a an MVP candidate now. And so if you're expecting that, maybe pump the brakes. But I really liked what I saw from him. Even as he got sacked a ton, a lot of those were on him. I think yep. the offensive line could have helped out as well in Arizona, and, and they did try to help that out this offseason a little bit. But, I mean, when you complete um, – or when you when you throw 20 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions as a rookie and you're thrown right in there with his lack of experience. I mean, he didn't have a ton of football experience, right? He's a young guy, and um, he transferred in college. So I think what I saw from him was even more than I expected because I knew the athlete was there, but I didn't know if, if Kyler Murray was that slam dunk number one overall player, you know, because of size and because of the baseball thing and because of his lack of experience. And I knew he played great at Oklahoma in that one year as a starter, but I, I didn't know if it was enough track record, but to see what he did as a rookie in the NFL, I was impressed. And so I, I don't expect him to be that MVP candidate, but he, he was that guy at the third year in a row for a second year breakout MVP type candidate. I wouldn't be shocked at that either. No, I, I love him. I mean, I love his makeup. I love his toolbox. And, you know, we opened the show kind of joking a little bit about quarterbacks and baseball and all that, but, Really, I mean, it It feels like yesterday when I was at the Combine a year ago and we were all saying, so is Kyler going to give up b- baseball? I mean, is he Is he really going to – is this really a joke? Is he going to not – is he going to return that money or and give this thing a shot? That wasn't that long ago. So when you think about his arc and his development and really just a one-year starter at Oklahoma behind Baker Mayfield too, I mean, you got to think the best is yet to come. Absolutely. Uh, looking at the other first round quarterbacks, do you have any big, strong feelings on Daniel Jones in year two and Dwayne Haskins in Washington year two? I will say Jones is better. I am I am a lot more optimistic about Jones now than I was one year ago. Um, they have a much tougher schedule this year. I don't know that it's going to be a glorious year for the Giants, but I feel pretty confident that that was the right pick now. Um, I like Haskins too. And frankly, a year ago, I liked Haskins more than Jones. His immobility worries me in today's NFL. I I think that's traits that are hard to overcome. But more than that, what worries me is his supporting cast. I mean, it's gradually getting better, but I would, I'd love to see if he was in Drew Locke's situation. So I, I still like Haskins. I wonder if he's going to be the perfect guy to grab after he quote flops in Washington and he is breeze Ben Brady's successor somewhere and has more success the next time around. I worry about that really up and down for Daniel Jones too, as a rookie, he came out of the gate and had a nice first game in uh, or a nice, uh, I think it was what week week three, maybe right. 
was it week three? I it think was, it was early. First I don't remember. Start. Yeah. Um, came out through for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. You're like, okay, this guy can do it. And then five touchdowns over his neck or six touchdowns over his next three starts. Then came back later in the season, had a game where he threw four touchdowns, another game where he threw four touchdowns, a game where he threw five touchdowns late in the season against Washington, who was not very good. But um, he had his ups and downs, took his lumps and came back. And, and that showed me something with Daniel Jones. And he was a little bit more ready to play, I think, than maybe Kyler Murray, even though Kyler Murray kind of slung it a little bit more. And Kyler Murray had nearly 4,000 yards. Haskins, it took a lot longer to get in and we still haven't seen those high points yet from him which worries me a little bit because uh he did have what nine i think it was nine games he played and um i i'm a little bit more worried about haskins you mentioned drew lock there let's finish up the quarterback stuff with drew lock because his situation is better i think we have to mention stidham though too i know he was gotta mention him yeah, we we actually do. Okay, so yeah, uh, I'm glad you reminded me about Sidney because I didn't write him in my notes, and that was a an oversight on my part. But real quick with with Drew Locke, is it to the point where? And correct me if I'm wrong, because he he man, he made some big throws. Love the arm. I love what they're doing around him in Denver. Yeah, and it's almost to the point where he's getting a little bit overhyped. I worry he's getting overhyped coming into this year because the teams he played well against at the end of the year were ranked you know 27 29 31 defensively in the league so still pretty untested and still has only played five games in the nfl and and i think everyone because of what they're doing around him and they're like oh they they nailed it they got it big armed kid played well at the end of last year i would pump the brakes a little bit not that i expect him to crash and burn but it's a it's a wait and see a little bit for me with Drew Locke, and, and I'm not ready to anoint him as be like, okay, he's the guy. Denver found their guy. I 100% agree with everything you said, and I do think people are anointing him a little early or there's too much hype at this point. Um, but the people that know him best, the Broncos are all in, and that says a lot to me. I mean, I, I trust teams more than I trust myself. I think he has some... Matthew Stafford-esque qualities, you know, which is mostly good, but also some bad, too. I think there'll be some roller coaster with them. Um, I'm highly intrigued, but I agree with exactly – I think you nailed it to exactly you, you laid him out. Stidham's just an unknown, by the way. I mean, like, I know Stidham, we're going to talk yeah. about him. Right. He's thrown, <laughs> like, three passes. Yeah, it's hard to know. And he underwhelmed in college. So, really, the only people who know are the ones who are making decisions in New England – and their decisions led to him being the starter. So they must have some confidence in him or a confidence in him, or they're just like, well, let's see what we got. And if it's not good, that means we've got our chances at uh, something else, maybe a lot better in the draft. Yeah. And I also don't know that it's a hundred percent guarantee that he's a week one starter. I mean, it could be Hoyer yep. who knows the offense and let's try to win games 10 to nine with a great defense and play that way. But I will say I thought Stidham really was hampered by what happened with the Auburn offense. And uh, I think that he's got a lot of tools. I think that if he would have come out, of, if he would have went to Oklahoma or Bama or somewhere like that, he may have been a first round pick. So I don't think he's just like that fifth round guy that doesn't have anything going for him that we kind of chuckle at. I, well, I guess now we're talking about, it, we should probably mention Minshew too, right? There's a lot of these young guys. Forgot about him too. Gardner Minshew, the starter. He's, I I almost don't want to talk him as a breakout candidate because I don't know if there's something more than what we've seen from him. And maybe that's me being pessimistic. Maybe that's unfair to Minshew, but he doesn't make my breakouts list because I don't expect more than a nice, fun first year that we saw for Minshew. But mm. do you think he's a guy guy? 
I had mixed feelings because I was very quick to write him off throughout the process and say, this guy's not good. He's a lifetime backup. He's a good story. He wears jorts. He's Uncle Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> right. but I went back and I've watched them some over the last couple you know, the off season, all this downtime. And he's a quick processor and he's accurate and he's fearless. So those are traits that could maybe be a guy guy. I mean, I'm at least more open to it now than when I saw him the first time around. I do love, you know, 60% completion percentage is fine for a rookie quarterback, but he didn't make a ton of mistakes. And, and you mentioned the accuracy, and he's not throwing the ball to the other team either. Only six interceptions to 21 touchdowns. I mean, those are the types of things that um, I think are going to help him. And if if there was something to hang your hat on, it's like, yeah, okay, you roll in as a rookie, and it's not too big for you, and you have all this extra fanfare on the side, and you don't collapse under that pressure, and you go out and you – you won some games, you know, he had a 500 record as a starter. They went six and six when he was in there and he threw some touchdowns and didn't throw a lot of picks and they weren't a good team. So yeah, maybe I'm underselling Minshew as a potential breakout guy. I just don't know if he's going to be, I I, I don't know if breakouts ever the right word though. He's not going to be a top 10 player. You know what I mean? Right. Cause like Stidham, we haven't seen him yet. So if he did what Minshew did last year, it'd be kind of a breakout, but I just Mm -hmm. don't know if there's a lot there above what we saw in Minshew or if that's the guy that we're going to get. I went with Minshew. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm reevaluating to the point that maybe I was a little too hard on him and I should evaluate him like I do Kyler Murray or any first rounder and just go in with, you know, uh, an open book and don't just say, Ah, he's not that toolsy. I, I I thought he played better on second viewing than I did originally. I think there's something there. All right, we've got to move on to some other yeah. positions, some breakout positions. Uh, a breakout in my family, in my household, Matt. Do you have a favorite flavor of Built Bars? Because I would like to talk about my breakout candidate. Mm. Uh, that was uh, the the blueberry lemon flavor that I got in my uh, my latest box of Built Bars. It was a special flavor a few weeks ago i don't know if you can still get that flavor but it was very good but i I still gotta go peanut butter number one i'm gonna go blueberry lemon number two now for my favorite built bar flavor wow Uh, peanut butter is really strong i 100 agree i did have the blueberry lemon too and i've been i'm a big berry fan in general i'm a big lemon fan in general and i looked at it and i said they don't go together but they go together Yeah, and dark chocolate, dark chocolate. Yeah, right. But it works. Yeah, it, it works. And I uh, love the smooth texture. Built Bar, of course, you get 110 calories, only three grams of sugar, and uh, well, it depends on the flavor, 170 calories in the peanut flavor, but there's 20 grams of protein in that one, only three grams of sugar in the blueberry lemon flavor. There's 140 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 110 calories in the mint chocolate flavor. There's hard to argue 60- that. Yeah, 16 total flavors. They're a healthy treat. They're delicious. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And best of all, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I'm worried, Matt, that we'll talk so much about running backs and wide receivers because they're so fun that we'll skip offensive line. And I just got to throw one name out there along the offensive line that's the obvious breakout candidate because he didn't have a rookie season as all, at all as a first-round offensive tackle. He'll be blocking for another first-rounder from this year, number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. And that, of course, is Jonah Williams, 11th overall does he play guard? Is he a long-term left tackle? There was some question about that coming out of the draft, but he was slam dunk, my favorite 
left tackle in the NFL, and that's going to be a huge value. It's going to be fun to watch that young team grow together now in Cincinnati. Yeah, a good one. Um, I have another couple names here just to buzz over super quick. I think Andre Dillard now with Peters gone in Philly sets up really well to be to show what he can do, and I think it'll be favorable. I think Garrett Bradbury really struggled in the first half of the year and showed improvement. That's encouraging to me. I hated the Titus Howard picks from Houston, but I thought he got better and stuck it on the right side. I think he's got a better chance with with, uh, Tunsil there kind of being the man. There's not as much pressure on Howard to be such a a shutdown type player. I think they'll be happy with him. And I also think the Falcons O-line, We'll be a lot happier in year two after using those two first round picks. But overall, I don't love that group. Dillard got his shot last year. I think there's some things he can improve on, but obviously has that athletic ability to stick out there on an island and and block speed rushers on the edge. Titus Howard, I mean, it's unfortunate for him because he was overdrafted. That's not his right. fault necessarily. Um, but it's a pretty good group of of offensive linemen. We'll see how they play in year two. Juwan Taylor is one of my favorites, just a steal from Jacksonville in round two, and he played really well as a rookie. Dalton Reisner and Juwan Taylor steals in the second round, not really breakouts for me because they already arrived, I feel like. I feel like it would be yeah. a, a surprise if, if they don't play well in year two. Yeah, people might not know Reisner, but I thought he was really good as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, same with McCoy. Uh, same with uh, the Packer guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, too. The two interior linemen, Saints uh, and Packers. Elton, uh, Elton Jenkins. Jenkins, yeah. They yeah. both are high-quality players as rookies. Yeah, a great class of interior guys there, too. McCoy might kick out to uh, guard, so mm-hmm. they can have their first-rounder this year uh, jump in there and play some center. But um, And for, for offensive linemen, it's tough because statistically, you know, how do you break out? It might be a big breakout for some of those guys just because some folks that didn't pay attention as rookies – the recognition might be the breakout for some of these guys in year two. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So let, let's get on to the, these yeah. other three skill positions. I think there's for sure. more names for sure. Absolutely. Do you have any at the top of your list that you want to get out there? I have only one running back written down, but I've starting to do some preliminary fantasy work. And if these mock drafts and things are anything close to how it comes when my, my draft rolls around, Miles Sanders is going to be on every one of my teams. I mean, I think he might be a end of the first round type guy this year. Loads of ability. I know people think of him as not as talented as Saquon, and he isn't. But he went to Woodland Hills High School in Pittsburgh here, which is kind of a football factory. He was a five-star recruit. Like, he's not lacking in talent. He's just not Saquon. I mean, that's one of the things that's hurt him. And he's going to be the man in Philadelphia. And I think the Eagles are going to be really good. So he's my only back, but I have him with in bold. I have mixed feelings about Sanders because yeah. ta- talent-wise, I agree with you. I get worried that even though you look at the depth chart and you're like, how could he not be the bell cow for them? I, I just feel like they're going to run a committee. And it, he's going to be held. He, this is the way I'll put it. If you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective and he might break out as far as being like, okay, this guy is really just too good. good and player, maybe, yeah. maybe he disappoints in a fantasy perspective. So I'm looking at it as if, if I was drafting these guys and I'm getting a value in, in, on my fantasy football team, I feel like people are going to draft him high because his talent warrants it. And the usage will, will just frustrate fans. That's the way, I guess that's the best way I can put it for miles Sanders, because I believe in the player, and I think he should get utilized more than I think he might because I just I, I just feel like Doug Peterson wants to run a committee at running back. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I think Devontae Freeman could end up there. They kicked the tires on Carlos Hyde. I, some guys aren't 
true workhorse guys. And I'm not sure that Sanders is. I tend to lean towards that he isn't. But in a Kamara-like fashion, I think he will be highly efficient with his touches, end up with 20 touches at the end of the day. Maybe six of them are short receptions as he develops in that way and is just clearly the best running back and an up-and-coming talent on a really good team. But I don't know that it'll ever be a workhorse. I'm glad you brought that up. Looking real quick in the third round as far as running backs go, Daryl Henderson, a lot of people thought, okay, there's your breakout running back for the Rams before the draft, and the Rams go in, draft Cam Akers out of Florida State in round two. Daryl Henderson, 3.8 yards per carry last year. Uh, I'm not drafting him probably anywhere unless he's basically free, and maybe I'll I'll wait to pick him up on the waiver wire. That's how down on Daryl Henderson I am right now. But uh, a couple other players went back-to-back a few picks after Daryl Henderson in the 2019 draft. That was David Montgomery in Chicago, Devin Singletary in Buffalo. Out of just those two players, who do you like better? Um, I'm with you. I'm down on Henderson. I never loved Singletary to begin with, and I often said they're – their feature back will come later, and maybe it did with Zach Moss. Um, I do want to mention Montgomery because people are so down on him, and like in fantasy, you get him so late that he might be a value. I mean, I still think there's a chance that he's a quality NFL running back that doesn't have a lot of flash, but it is hard to bring on bring down like he was in college. Unless there's any other running backs you want to talk about, I think nah. we'll spend some time on wide receivers here. Yeah, I, I, I think you know, actually. Before we get to wide receivers, let's 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 do the whole last segment on wide receivers because that's a long one. Let's go tight ends really quick. And I know there's a guy you love that I have to throw at the top of the list as well. And I'm sure you'll have plenty to say about TJ Hawkinson. He's got to break out this year. I mean, that's got to be the guy in Detroit. Yes, but I hurt. I hate to burst your bubble. Dang. I don't know that this is going to be. Well, he's still my man. Don't don't get me wrong. Okay, <laughs> but I don't know that this can be a quick conversation because I really think Hawkinson. Irv Smith, Jay Sternberger are all massive breakout candidates. And I think it's not crazy that three years from now, we might look at this tight end draft, including the Noah fans of the world, and say this has been one of the better tight end drafts in a long time. Because I really think those three in the NFC North, we were asked that NFC North question a while back, have a chance to take a massive step forward in year two. And then I also like Dawson Knox and Josh Oliver in Jacksonville, too. Not a lot of competition for those two. They're sneaky. Yes, I was just about to bring up Josh Oliver. I'm glad you brought him up. They they signed Tyler Eifert in Jacksonville, so that hurts Oliver's chances there of, you know, for for the two weeks that that Eifert's healthy, right? right, right, But but after that, when Eifert goes down, go rush to your waiver wire, pick up Josh Oliver, and you missed a lot of his rookie season. Um, But Man, uh, Josh Oliver, he's, he's a guy I really liked coming out. I think that's a great pick for, uh, for a receiving type of, of tight end there in Jacksonville. That's a great, that's a great choice by you. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of dynasty leagues that I'm in. I got him like off the waiver wire. I'm like, the people gave up on him. He didn't do anything. Tight ends take a while, folks. And he's got a lot mm-hmm. of ability and very little competition. That's what people forget about with tight ends. There's a lot yep. going on there. You've got to learn how to be an offensive lineman and a wide receiver at the same time. And, and that's why so many tight ends make good coaches when their playing career is done as well. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think okay. Hawkinson's going to be a star. I would like to take this opportunity to let you all know about Rock Auto. One reason to repair or maintain your car is to save money. And chain stores have different price tiers for professionals, mechanics, and do-it-yourselfers. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer like me, 
RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like an airline does. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your vehicle. Whether it's for your classic or a daily driver, everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door from rockauto.com. Reliably low prices right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I want to throw one name out there first because people are going to say, how come he didn't include this guy? Terry McLaurin had such a great rookie season. Uh, and it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier with, um, I don't even remember who I was talking about now, about how I think that what we saw was good. And it's not that I think Terry McLaurin will crash and burn in year two. I don't know how much more there is. I mean, he caught 60 balls, 919 yards, seven touchdowns. How much breakout can he do from there? So that's why Terry McLaurin does not make my list, even though I like him. And I think in the end, there's going to be some guys that that surpass him, even though he had such a fantastic rookie season. And I do like McLaurin. I disagree a little bit because I have five wide receiver names listed and I was on the fence it does, with McLaurin because he already broke out. I mean, he had a right. huge rookie year by rookie receiver standards. I do think there's more there. I mean, I think he has rare speed. I think he's, you know, a developing player. And those Ohio State guys didn't get a ton of snaps. I mean, I think he's going to get more playing time, more nuanced. And I think that's also true with Paris Campbell, who's one of my breakout guys, but I don't feel nearly as strong about, but he's another one on my list. Those two Ohio State guys, I both think have more to give us, even though McLaurin gave us a lot as a rookie. So I'm with you. I mean, he already did break out. He had 93 targets last year. Um, He could play a couple more games, so he could have a few more targets. I just don't know if there's enough target share for him to go massively above and break out beyond what he did. And I'm not sure the quarterback situation will allow him to do so either. But if, you know, if all of a sudden um, Dwayne Haskins broke out, then there could be a lot more breakout to happen with Terry McLaurin. So that's part of it, too. And. He's not going to take any. I mean, week one, he's going to get the number one corner now. Like, he's not going to sneak up on anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's hard. It's a similar story with Debo Samuel in San Francisco, but I do think there's a lot more target share for Debo, which would make me put Debo on the list because he didn't really break out until around week eight. And that was after uh, he got a little bit more nuance to his game. And he admittedly, he said his head was spinning last year in training camp before his rookie Mm -hmm. season. And it was the second half of the year where he took off. And if you put his second half year into his first half of the year, uh, and now he's the number one wide receiver. He's not the number one receiver in San Francisco because they have George Kittle, but Emmanuel Sanders not back. I mean, it's him outside. So Debo Samuel, I think there's a lot more there and he could get a lot better from what he was early in his rookie season. So I do like Debo Samuel as a breakout, uh, even though he did kind of already break out last year as well. I didn't list him because I think he's a household name and people recognize his greatness and probably because they were in the Super Bowl and everybody watched the playoff run and he was really strong late in the year. So I didn't put him down there, but I don't disagree with you. I mean, uh, I, I would he be your bet for second most Niner targets? Yeah, right. Yes, easily. Yeah, and I could yeah. see him. I, I could see him having more targets than George Kittle even. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
then you're even higher on than I am. But I like him I, a lot. Now, I, I don't expect that to happen, but it wouldn't be shocking at all. So and, and, you know, he was he had 81 targets last year. I think he'll have well over triple digits and targets this year. You know, you can hand him the ball, do a, a lot of other things like that. Uh, another similar guy who broke out as a rookie is A.J. Brown. And he only started 11 games. He had fewer targets than uh, Terry McLaurin as well. So as as well as A.J. Brown did last year, he's a thousand yard receiver, 52 catches for a thousand yards. He averaged 20 yards per catch. I, I don't know if the yards per catch will be necessarily that high. I think that should regress a little bit. But as far as target share, he's the number one wide receiver now in Tennessee, and he'll be that from week one. I think his targets and receptions will absolutely go up. So there might even be a little bit more there with A.J. Brown, which is scary, which means I love A.J. Brown, right? I love A.J. Brown. I mean, he's my number one of this whole group. Um, I'm not being problematic. I just thought he was too obvious. You know, like I, I think he's right. a yeah. superstar already almost. And one thing does apply to him is if you go back and watch like the all 22, certainly the first month of the year, maybe even the second month of the year, most teams treated Corey Davis like the number one. I mean, that's not going to occur. That switched about mid-year. But that doesn't worry me at all. I mean, like, I didn't list A.J. Brown or Metcalf. I mean, the household names. But I do think their best football is definitely ahead of them. And I'd buy stock in A.J. Brown. I'd take A.J. Brown over any running back or any receiver in this class. Yeah, and, and I like all those guys. Brown, yeah. Samuel, Metcalf, McLaurin. I love them. Give me all yeah. of them. Um, yeah. but, but I still think, man, there's a little bit more in Brown and Samuel than we saw last year, which is scary for both those guys. The two receivers drafted before those two, though, were Marquise Brown, Hollywood. He was the, uh, the first first rounder for Baltimore, 25th overall. Then the last pick of round one in 2019 was Nikhil Harry. I wasn't as high on Harry. I had all those guys ranked above Harry in the draft. Uh, I thought I'd, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's injuries. There's a lot involved mm -hmm. there with Nikhil Harry. No more Tom Brady. So I don't have high hopes. And, and Nikhil Harry does not make my breakouts list, but it's hard to make one of these lists and not have Hollywood Brown on it in Baltimore. Yeah, it's funny. I I, I kind of mentioned that I had an exclamation point on Miles Sanders as a running back. I am Marquise Brown in like flashing neon lights. Uh, and <laughs> he, if I had to take one offensive break, if I only picked one, I would pick Marquise Brown and a guy we have not yet brought up. But Marquise Brown only played 563 snaps last year. And I don't know that he was ever healthy. Like, remember, he didn't run at the combine. Yeah. I mean, he had nagging injuries all the way through. And trust me, I don't throw this term around loosely, but he's Tyreek fast, and we rarely saw it. He's going to see a ton of single coverage. I think Lamar is a quality pocket passer and a good deep passer and only getting better. I mean, his speed and his overall skills, We, I think we've just seen the very, very tip of the iceberg. I mean, I, I mentioned Miles Sanders is going to be on my fantasy teams. I'm going to take Marquise Brown two rounds before he's supposed to go. And I think Marquise Brown only saw more than five targets, like maybe three or four times last right. year. So, yeah, I mean, the more he's targeted, and we saw some games where he, I mean, his first game was two touchdowns, 150 yards, and only four catches. So, uh, Marquise Brown is absolutely that breakout guy for me. On the high end, there are some other wide receivers, though, that I really like in this class. Do you have any more that you want to throw out there? Um, a couple honorable mentions in Hakeem Butler, who I really like coming out of school. Um, if they're going to do more five, four wide receiver sets, maybe he starts to make a name for himself. I mentioned Paris Campbell, who I don't feel as strong about because Pittman landed there, but I was really high on Campbell before that. So I'm going to at least stick to those guns. And if I were to rank offensive breakouts, I would have Marquise Brown as my number one, 
Miles Sanders is my number three. Well, tight ends aside, I love all those tight ends. And my man, Deontay Johnson, is number two. I mean, this guy is the Steeler, Emmanuel Sanders, I hate to say it, but Antonio Brown, route runner type. And he played 15 of the 16 games with a lower body injury. I mean, he is a very good player. And I know this sounds very Steeler homerish because I'm picking him so high, but I've seen him a lot. And frankly, I think he's going to lead the Steelers in receptions this year, not Juju. I was hoping you're going to bring up Deontay Johnson, and he deserves to be on this list. Absolutely. He was on my list. I wanted to wait. I wanted to give you an opportunity to bring him up um, because I wanted to hear your take on him. And yeah, I, I love this guy. Route runner, run after catch. He can get deep down the field. I don't think it's crazy to put that on him. He's that Steelers style of guy yeah. that they've hit on numerous times in the past. You get Big Ben throwing him passes all season long. Um, I think he could steal away a ton of that uh, that target share from Juju Smith-Schuster, as good as Juju is. Yeah, and I recently read some PFF stuff about him, which watching every snap of the Steelers last year absolutely adds up, that he was m- missed a- – I forget how they phrase it. I, I don't I mean to put words in their mouth, but let's just say his quarterback hurt him more than just about any receiver in the league, that he yeah. was dubbed open and the quarterback sailed it over. It didn't get him the football. And trust me, that passed the eyeball test times a thousand. Yeah. A PFF was huge on Deontay Johnson before and after the draft. So okay. uh, they're on board with you there. I'm glad you brought up Hakeem Butler. Uh, someone I did not put on my list, but I loved him pre-draft. How about the other wide receiver in, in uh, Arizona, though, in uh, Andy Isabella? Do you think there's potential for both of those guys to break out? Do you think there's potential for either one because they have so many other bodies to feed there? Kind of. I, I like Andy Isabella, but I think he is. I got to be careful how I talk about this. He's not, <laughs> despite what he looks like when he walks in the room, he's not Welker or Edelman. Him operating out of the slot is a very poor usage for me. And I think everyone looks at him this way in that he is, he has a lot of wasted movement off the snap. He's not very efficient with his motion getting off the line of scrimmage. You see his hands wailing and, you know, if you're going to be quick timing routes, you got to get out off the line now and I got to hit you as a slot. But I think he's a lot more. Brandon Cooks than he is those guys. He's fast and he can be a downfield threat, but I don't know that people use him that way. He's not a slot machine. I would throw two more names out there really quick. Fifth rounders from 2019. One is Hunter Renfro in Oakland. He had a nice rookie year, 49 catches, 605 yards. He's going to be the slot guy there. I think they're with rugs on the outside and uh, Williams on the other side. I think they're going to heavily pepper the middle of the field. Derek Carr is going to do what Derek Carr does. I think Hunter Renfro is going to be the guy who leads the Raiders in receptions. It's not going to be a huge yards per catch or anything, but if you're in a PPR league, Hunter Renfro, don't sleep on him. And Darius Slayton, we talked about Auburn's offense in college holding back Jarrett Stidham. It was the same for Darius Slayton. The more I've watched him, I was impressed what he did with his speed as a rookie in New York, and I wouldn't be shocked if maybe it's not this year, but by next year at this time, he's the New York Giants' clear number one wide receiver. I didn't want to be stereotypical with Andy Isabella. Renfro's the most stereotypical white yeah. slot receiver in the history <laughs> the of the guy. world. That's exactly who he is. He's good at it. 
So I 100% agree with you. I think Derek Carr will love him. All right, great stuff, Matt. That's our conversation about offensive breakout players, second-year players in 2019. We'll be back Tuesday talking defensive breakout players right here, Locked on NFL.